it's so powerful to me that、mm. you can feel so isolated and so low and so disenchanted with the system and the support for the arts, and and then the coin can flip so quickly, and all of a sudden you are. You're fucking invincible. You're、yeah. untouchable, and、mm. it's not an. It, I guess it's an ego thing, but it's more. It's just this total control and and love and and freedom that you、mm. can just be yourself, and it's just so、mm. okay and the best.、Yeah. And I just get so emotional talking about it because it is. It's the most powerful tonic. Another episode of In the Arts. This podcast is a deep dive into the arts industry, where I talk to creative professionals about what they do and why they do it. I am your host, Tani Fosdyk, and in this episode, I speak with artist and designer Mikey Ting. We talk about the risk of burnout when you tie up your worth in your creativity, the link between art and mental health, and the process of putting on his very first exhibition. I found this interview super fun. And with that, I really hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Mikey. How are you today? So good. So good. We have just endured a few technical issues, but we're on our way with some kombucha in hand.、So、Endurance、great. is the key. Yeah. So we're well and ready to start chatting.、Um, so outside of the stuff that you make, what other art do you consume? Um, I'm pretty typical in my consumption. I would say、uh, I listen to records and I read books, and I support my mates and I go to shows and I watch movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> what's it like? What sort of books do you read?、Um, typically fiction,、um, which is makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> For those out there, Tani does not. Read fiction.、I、She do simply not、like、it. does not have the time. Yeah, fake fake stories. <laughs> fake, fake news. Fake news.、Um, that's what fiction means. Yeah.、Um, and I just read Wuthering Heights for、oh, really? the first time. Really? Wow. How long did that take you?、Um, you were fast reader. About two and a half days. Yeah. Oh my god, you're you're incredibly. I'm、quick. a really really fast reader, but、wow. it also helps that I. Didn't feel like I wanted to put the book down. Oh, that's so good! It was a、yeah. really cracking read, and、yeah. it was just like watching reality television unfold. That's so it was, cool! It was incredible. The characters I, are just so flawed and fantastic. Mm. Mm. I, sh- I should give another crack. I remember in high school, I I wanted to read it, and because I grew up in the countryside, I didn't really have access to a bookshop, so I was downloading one chapter at a time, printing it off, and then sharing it with my classmates with take turns. Oh, that's incredibly <laughs> cute. I don't. I, it was such an effort. I don't think we got past chapter three. <laughs> Back in my day, we had to print it off one chapter at a time. <laughs> my parents were probably not happy with all that ink going to waste. Um. So. Bit more of an、um, abstract question: What does art do for you? As outside of、um, not as an artist, but more as someone who's taking it in. I have always felt, since I was a little kid, that I I could look at something, and I could see the pieces, the moving bits, the cogs turning, and I could. Dissect an intention and sort of and 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 take it and store it away、mm-hmm. and use it later.、Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other discussion about、uh, input equals output and reappropriation of people's art. But、mm-hmm. for me, that that was always primarily the goal. It was it's a more selfish goal、mm-hmm. where it's like I can see. I can take bits of things that I adore and、mm-hmm. that I love about、mm-hmm. certain work,、um, and because I know that they're going to give me something in the future,、mm. I can really appreciate that fact. Yeah. So I guess, I guess in a way, that is a quite a selfish look at it. But 
Um, it's almost a collective way of looking at creation, though. Yeah. Instead of calling yourself, um, you know, a creative genius where you're inventing things yourself, it is you're taking stuff in from everywhere. It's kind it's, of, and it's definitely yeah. a more pragmatic approach. It's not, mm. um, you know, it's not a sense of oh, I have this incredible uh, gift. Mm-hmm. It's just like I like this, I like this, and I like that. I don't really understand that or get that, and it's not my cup of tea. But these things that I do like, oh, I love them. Yeah. Um, or they make me feel a certain way, mm-hmm. or um, or I know they might inform my work really well. Yeah. And so I'll take those and squirrel them away. And I think that process is the bit that I really love Mm -hmm. about looking at other people's art um, or or experiencing other people's art if it's not a looking-based art. Um, And that's something I really, really love about collaboration and about working with friends and seeing other people that I know and love. And I get to see how that informs their work Mm -hmm. and then how our friendship informs my work. And I think that's really special and awesome because everyone has that ability right everyone yeah. has close friendships with people mm. um whether it's how you talk or communicate or how you communicate through making things i think that's a really great part of 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 interacting and collaboration yeah definitely yeah. and now moving more into your background uh can you do you remember your first connection with art any any type of art form whether that was music or I have a, I had a pretty typical upbringing in relation to the arts. I would say my, my my parents, although my dad is really creative, mm. he's not a typical. He's not a typical arts champion of the arts. I would say, mm. um, not taking anything away from my dad, he's the greatest human ever. But I, I was exposed to, I was exposed to playing music from a really young age. Um, basically, my my parents talk about this all the time. My oldest brother was uh, he throughout his schooling. It was it was really clear that he was a really gifted kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents, my mum was a teacher at the time, but they got some advice that was like instead of pushing him up push him out, broaden his horizons and, and, and give him lots to sort of sink his teeth into and really chew on. That's amazing advice. It's good advice, isn't mm. it? And and against, you know, it's not really typical because a lot of kids, I mean, I guess it's not usual, especially back then and in a really small town, mm. to be, um, to have multiple kids taking lessons in music or doing sports or, you know, it's just such a different time, but that's one thing that I'm really appreciative of my upbringing is, is that I was exposed to a lot of different things, not necessarily arts, but imbued me with a sense of creativity and expression through different facets of mm. living, Yeah, um, all underpinned by, I think, being raised well. My parents are really good humans. Mm. Um and uh yeah i think i think i'm really lucky to have the upbringing i do and and even talking about it now i'm sort of hearing myself talk and it's like yeah i had super privileged lucky upbringing and i'm in a position where now i get to use that every day and a lot of people don't get that and um especially where i come from hamilton new zealand that you know, there are a lot of people without there too. So, um, yeah, it sounds like there was like this underpinning of curiosity and like a sense of adventure with yeah. the world, even like you know, living in an isolated area. What, what was the first thing that you sunk your teeth into creatively? I got music lessons as a kid. I remember my oldest brothers. You know, when you're a younger brother, you just do whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they do. So it was like, oh, they had music lessons. What's the age gap? Uh, two years, mm-hmm. consistently. I've I have three brothers. There's oh, one yeah. younger than me. Um, my oldest brother played the guitar, and then my older brother played uh, the violin, and then I don't remember making a choice or, or, or I, I can't remember, but I, I started taking keyboard lessons in a class. Ah, uh, yeah. Right after school, I would go to. 
uh, we would go to a, we would go to a music school, and I would sit down with all these other little kids, and I would play the keyboard, and we all had a little keyboard, and it was super cute. And then I quickly moved on from that to getting uh, one-on-one lessons, mm-hmm. and the keyboard turned into the organ. Um, which is rad, and I'm super thankful that I played such an out-there instrument as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then from the organ through high school, it graduated to the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think my first, you know, definitely music, for sure. And then your music um, ambitions kind of developed past high school? Yes and no. I No, really. No? Yeah. No, I... I went through my university education mm-hmm. after high school. So I was yeah. playing all throughout. Moved cities to go to university. Um, finished that. And then when I was on the cusp of finishing that, I got asked by my brother to join a punk band. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I had no experience of being in a band and no ambition to actually mm-hmm. do it. And, yeah. Um. I just thought it would be fun for a laugh. And I initially said no, but I would help with the recording process if they needed someone to play. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I didn't I didn't know what that entailed. I didn't know what a session musician was. I didn't know what playing on a record meant. I didn't mm-hmm. know what uh, touring looked like or playing yeah. shows. And so my answer was very noncommittal. But that was the start of a very long next portion of my life, which was that was me identifying with myself as a musician mm-hmm. and I took a lot of pride and a lot of, um, yeah, I, I took it seriously mm-hmm. and I, and I really enjoyed that time too. Yeah. But, and then how did you kind of develop from, you know, identifying as musician and then going into more of a design vocation? Oh shit. That was tough. I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I had, when, when my, when the band split, when I didn't have an out like a an outlet for mm-hmm. that, that was one of the most trying times mm-hmm. of my personal life, not not even my creative life, just not having a voice. And I talked about that with my recent solo exhibition, which was um it it was really like a it was a hugely low point in my life. Yeah. And I like talking about it because mm-hmm. You know, I think I think everyone should talk about this stuff. Yeah, and was this um in after you moved to Melbourne from New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. So sorry, we we moved from New Zealand to Melbourne, and then we gave it a good five years of wow, incredible, yeah, of being a musician, and and, mm-hmm. and we released a record. You know, we we had a, a worldwide release on a major yeah, label, wow, and yeah. it was it was great. And we were a touring machine for a long time, lots of fun, and then all of a sudden. I was no longer a musician or in my brain, this is what I thought. I no longer was a musician and it, I, it tore me up for the longest time because mm-hmm. I still thought I had something to say in that medium. I still mm-hmm. thought, you know, I, I took so much pride in, in being able to, I guess, tell people that I was a musician mm-hmm. or, or put that hat on and be that person. And, and so much of my identity was wrapped up in being what I thought was a, th- a thing that had a yeah. name and was, mm-hmm. you know, was transparent. Um, so when that got taken away, I thought, oh shit, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. And, and it just, it laid to bear all of the, all of my insecurities around my shortcomings yeah. as, as being a creative person and, mm. and my, um, procrastination to make things and my indecision. And, um, it was, it was so crushing it was so crushing and I mm. lost my way for a long time mm. um, because it all, it, it's all the same thing. If you're, if you're an expressive person, a loving, creative, expressive person, then if you, if you feel like the thing that you're making or the connections that you're curating or, um, or everything about you, if that, if, if you lose steam and faith in that, then shit, that, that's a slippery slope, and yeah. that was that was really. Are we let us swear on this podcast. Yeah, I, exactly. Right on, shit. Decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was uh, that was bleak. It was real bleak. Mm. Um, and and how? When did you start to feel like you were coming out of this period? I think that that started with 
with my solo show and painting, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting to me because I still feel like an outsider looking in, in Mm -hmm. terms of visual arts. Yeah. And I think I might always feel that. And I like that. Yeah. When I started painting things and I sort of was honing in on the central thesis of my current work, Mm -hmm. I started, I started gathering this confidence and this this idea that I could be productive mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And for the preparation of my show, I had to be really productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the through that, I, I formed really good habits of working a lot. Yeah. And very naturally, I started believing in myself and my mm-hmm. work. And 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 really naturally too, this idea of um, talking about. Uh, mental health awareness and um, championing mateship and support yeah. and community. Mm-hmm. It it just it, it just came through, and all of a sudden I had this thing, and it was like the clouds lifted, mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do was just tell everyone about this thing and shove it in people's face yeah. and just go, shit, I'm a yeah. I'm a, I'm making things again, and mm-hmm. I'm proud of what I'm making, yeah. and. It's the best feeling in the world yeah. for me coming mm. from not having a thing. And I don't know if I don't know if people have a similar attachment to the way that they make things or or the way they wrap or the way that's that wraps up their personal identity. I'm sure it does because artists have there's a well-documented history of artists feeling heavy or feeling good or feeling you know the whole spectrum of emotions relating Mm. to how they are creating at the time neurotic yeah yeah yeah. the tortured artist the i I just it's so powerful to me that Mm. you can feel so isolated and so low and so just disenchanted with the system and the support for the arts and and just having a dialogue in yourself and then the coin can flip so quickly and all of a sudden you are you're fucking invincible you're untouchable yeah. and mm-hmm. it's not an it, i guess it's an ego thing but it's more it's just this total control and and love and and freedom that you mm-hmm. can just be yourself and it's just so mm. okay and the best yeah. and i just get so emotional talking about it because it is it's the most powerful tonic that i have it's beautiful it's right it's yeah there's nothing better and, and for the people who are listening who aren't familiar with your work would mm. you better describe what you make i do a bit of everything i think i am a maker i think i am a painter <laughs> uh i dabble with i still dabble with making music and writing and um and, and I design a lot too, you know, furniture making by trade. There's a lot of there's a lot of design work involved. Mm. Um, but I think the the biggest thing that I do is that I I just I solve problems and I'm and I'm malleable. Mm-hmm. Um, so the recent the most recent thing that I did was a, a painting exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and months before that, I didn't even know that I was a painter. Yeah, I didn't know that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is rad and yeah. i wonder what the next thing will be because i might yeah. not have even done it yet yeah exactly you yeah, never know what you're capable of yeah and so it's always like you know you can think you can't do something until you until you start doing it then you're like oh shit <laughs> isn't that just yeah, that's, like isn't that humanity in a nutshell yeah definitely right? we're convinced we can't do a thing oh, definitely. and then we give yeah. it we give it a good old go mm. and it's like oh i can do it i can do yeah. this thing Maybe yeah. I can do other things. Can I do everything? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then comes the ego and then you're like, oh, shit, I'm actually terrible. <laughs> and you keep going, you're like, oh, maybe it's – I think there's a meme, but it's like the, the artist, um, a daily life of an artist, and you're like, oh, can I do this? Oh, my God, I'm so shit. I'm terrible. Oh, this is okay. Oh, I'm, I'm amazing. I'm <laughs> I'm untouchable. Yeah. yeah. So, and – uh, so you kind of have, you know, this creative side with your paintings and then you've got your design work. So what, what does an average day look like to you? Did you ever think you'd be working creatively full time? It's such a funny, yeah. it's such a, I still sit back and this is something my therapist talks to me about all the mm-hmm. time, which is take a minute, 
and just look at what you're doing mm -hmm. because although there is great things ahead and there have been great things behind, yeah, what you're doing right now is 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 important. Yeah, and yeah. it's rad, and you can take stock mm -hmm. and and feel it and feel yeah, the moment. Yeah, and yeah. what I do now is just it's the ultimate mixed bag mm. of slacking off and, and <laughs> taking the piss, but also. Yeah. But also doing the work. I, yeah, yeah. It's hard to explain. Mm -hmm. I think I have my I have my main business business, which would be um, furniture design and making, steel fabrication and mm -hmm. woodworking and, yeah. and general making with tools. Mm -hmm. um, but even that entails 3D modeling and design. Yeah. Um, running a retail business, right? Mm -hmm. Um the process of engaging in custom commissions yeah. and, and, and executing on that is in itself, it's a very varied, cool, fun job. And then mm -hmm. add in what started as a side hustle with painting, which is now I probably paint more than I make furniture yeah. right now. Yeah. And that changes every other week. Mm -hmm. um, and some days you're just re reading Wuthering Heights. And some days I'll just, <laughs> yeah, some days I'll just, I'll just smash out a book. Yeah. And other days I'll play golf. And yeah. It's just, it's so nice that I have that that freedom to enjoy the mixed day. So when something gets a bit heavy or a bit, you know, I lose my steam doing something, I can mm -hmm. I can switch it up. I can, yeah. you know, I can curate my own day and protect my mental health in the process. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm under no illusions is the reason why I'm so high right now and, and in mm. control is because I have you know I have I have a I have good habits yeah looking after this thing that I'm trying I'm trying really hard mm. to prioritize they're so important yes yeah I paramount especially like in the kind of you know gig economy we're going into I think it can be both a positive and negative thing because people are going to be more in control of their mental health having this more flexibility but there's also that huge risk of burnout yeah, the burnout's yeah. the burnout's real, and and that goes back to what we were saying about uh, your worth as a creative and a human mm. being. If that's tied up in your work, then you you have to be really careful about what you show people and what you yeah. don't show people, and mm. how much you work, and how much you rest, mm. and how much you can step back and enjoy other things because oh, that fuels your create your creativity. Yeah, um, I'm really conscious of overworking mm. probably a little too overconscious to the point <laughs> where i maybe am underworking <laughs> um but uh, the key for me is that flexibility to be able to switch mm. it up and change and yeah. um that is interesting now that i'm saying it out loud that it is sort of a natural follow-on from my upbringing of having mm. so many different interests you know yeah yeah I like to spread myself pretty thin. Yeah. Um, and as as an adult, I can sort of like I know when I know when it's too thin, right? I know mm -hmm. when I'm not doing a good job in something, or I know yeah. when I need to learn how to do something that I need to really double down on that and put a lot more time into something. Yeah. And things will naturally fall back, mm -hmm. you know, by the wayside as I do that. Yeah. Like if I read a book yeah. for three days straight. Mm probably not and, going to do much work yeah right? but that's okay you and know that's okay and like, yeah and then you're just going to feed back into the quality of your work you know if um sometimes i talk to creative people and they're saying they don't read they're too busy and i'm like oh my god like how can your work be informed if you're not taking time to just enjoy your life and feed your soul yes it's yeah, super that's, important that's huge and yeah. for a, for a period there you probably will be really productive and have rad work that a lot of people might feel passionate about mm. and eventually eventually that ammunition is going to run out yeah right if you're not feeding your if you're not feeding that part of your mm. brain if you're not yeah. nourishing yourself by listening to records and reading books and watching yeah. movies and and supporting your friends and going yeah. to shows and putting yourself out there and meeting new people is a big mm. one for me if you aren't doing that or personally for me if i'm not doing that that's typically the pathology for that is typically that I don't feel confident to put myself out there. Yeah. And then all bets are off. I'm not making yeah. anything. That's, yeah. That's the slope to feeling um, 
despair for me. I'd like to talk more about your paintings. So um, basically you have, you know, found art, which is like these old um, kind of like Australiana landscape paintings, gum trees, that sort of thing, waterfalls. <laughs> and then you intercept it with this um, cool graphic painting of like a really positive slogan. Uh, so I guess what I'm asking is why do you choose these paintings and how do you choose what you put on them and why? Um, I, someone asked me this question the other day and I can't remember the first thing that I painted that was in this mm. sort of the shtick that I have now, yeah. um, which is very much, it's become like, it's become a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember the natural progression. I remember seeing my friend Callum do a piece for an exhibition and he had taken uh, an old piece of found art that was like a an ocean a seascape but I can't can't remember what style it was in I think it was a print vintage print you know yeah. the typical ones that I mm-hmm. that I do but he had written a Seinfeld quote on it that's cute. <laughs> and just like, um, you know, just just in his in his beautiful hand painted style, and it must have just I don't it must have tweaked something in my brain. I remember looking at it and going, "That's rad," and then forgetting about it for the longest time. Um, and I guess in the process, I would have picked up a paintbrush and 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 started painting with enamels and. Mm. and getting stuck in and I don't know maybe maybe yeah. I have a burgeoning interest in lettering and mm-hmm. songwriting I honestly can't remember I can't remember yeah. when this light bulb moment hit yeah. me um and with the slogans and the, yeah. and the wording um what did, what is your aims with that intention uh I don't know if it was intentional or not. I'm not sure if it started as an aim yeah but I think I'm not. I'm not really sure. It's some. It's something that I guess must be more subconscious for me because trying to explain it seems r- really naff and a bit. Yeah. I'm not sure and a bit forced. But whenever I see those old paintings, I'm imbued with this sense of nostalgia, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a it's a history that I didn't really get to experience because I grew up in another country. So yeah. seeing an Australian landscape in an old print and having people say, "Oh, that used to hang on my nana's house." Or, yeah. You know, going to the NGV and seeing the pioneer mm. in person, and 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 not really being privy to what yeah it really means historically. Yeah, um, I think I really appreciate that warm, fuzzy feeling you get. Yeah. That it just reminds me of 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 home life and family, yeah. and and being a kid, and it's really like naff, and and I love the ubiquity of them, and yeah. that it's so funny that. It's so funny that you can get a print in so many different shapes and sizes of the same print. Yeah. And one will be really crap and one will be really sharp and one will have yeah. a really bad frame and another will be, you know, in, in states of disrepair. And I just think it's it's just so good. And and that feeling naturally for me translates mm. into this discussion about how it makes you feel. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to and, explain. And how do you choose the words that you put on there? Um, input equals output. If yeah. I see something, I typically will write it down or rewrite yeah. it or, mm. or think about what that means to yeah. me. Um, and I keep a little notepad on my phone yeah. of things that I see or, or, or yeah. things people say to me. Yeah. Right. You've probably got those particularly erudite friends that say things and you're like, that came out of your brain. That's, yeah. a, that's incredible. <laughs> you just said that. Yeah. And, and so I write those things down. Cause all these things are quite positive, right. And empowering the things you you paint on there. Yeah. Or. Are you trying to uplift people? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. It's an honest reflection of, I guess. Or are you trying to make them more for yourself? Or are you trying to make them more for the audience? I mean, opt- optimism aside, they're more a reflection of a support mm. that I would like to give people or I'd like yeah. my art to give people yeah. where they see it and that instant gratification goes, yes, that makes me feel amazing Yeah. because I know that this person is feeling it too. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be optimistic, though I probably paint more optimistic yeah. words than I don't. Um, but it's more about that 
celebration that people go through mm. are, are going through a tough time just like yeah. you are and that mm. we all have we all have those moments and those periods of our lives where things just seem so beige or mm. or average mm-hmm. right but that there are definitely moments and pockets of 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 time where there are there are there are bigger things and there are there are you know there, yeah. are, there are great things on the way basically it's lovely i really want people to feel like they're not by themselves mm-hmm. and i guess that's a bit cliche right that that you oh you know whatever you're going through people are going through it as well but the more you talk about this stuff with people and the more you just chop it up about the real you know what's really going on people man people are struggling mm. people are having a good time but the the common thread is that the more you talk about it just the more i guess the better you feel definitely it's it's, it's a nice feeling to know that mm. when people say they have your back if you know explicitly that they are going through similar things or they're going through a heavy mm. time and they still have your back yeah or they have your back in a way that you know is not just like you know i got you yeah you know there's a there's a real meaning and a and a, and a motivation behind it mm. that is ultimately very freeing yeah and it's it's a nice moment definitely yeah uh, i want to go more into the context of how you're working so you're kind of like in the in between of um the art scene but also the design industry um so would you be able to explain the differences but also the overlaps between visual art and design it's, it's a meaty question for my line of work custom commissions by nature are it's 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 a uh, i guess kind of um like how how do you um, because you know your it's your bread and butter what you're making, but you're also putting your creative energy into it. So you're kind of um, balancing restraint, I guess, in a way, but also expression. Yeah. So how how do you do that? It's it's different every day. Yeah, some, I'm not I'm not days, sure if I'm making this more complicated. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> this is this is this is this is the meat and potatoes of the conversation. Yeah. This is this is this is what I want to talk about. It's probably what people want to hear. People who are maybe embarking on this journey themselves, mm. it's important to hear mm. that some days it's. And I guess some people, feel, I guess in the arts, feel shame to kind of embark on more of a commercial aspect of their work that's quite creative. Yeah, and there are things mm. that you can there are there are things that you can protect and not yeah. compromise on, and there are things that you can go in and just say, you know what, it doesn't it doesn't really matter how people see this or think. I can do this for I can, I can ride that line between a trade and an expression. Yeah, and I can make it work. Right? How how do you do that? I I how how did I do that? I learned the tough way by mm-hmm. doing it and making mistakes and figuring mm-hmm. out what I could and couldn't protect. Mm-hmm. Now I do that by trusting my gut and mm-hmm. and honoring that feeling where if something is going away that I don't appreciate or enjoy, being transparent. Yeah. And telling people, you know, yes or no or, mm. or whatever. And and really actually protecting myself yeah. and my interests. But typically typically the, the style of work that I have done and the and my voice and the way I create social you know, the content on my social media, the way I curate my image typically attracts a sort of person or customer mm-hmm. or or someone who appreciates what I do and it's a very natural process Mm -hmm. it would be different if it would be different if this existed in a vacuum and I was cold calling people saying Mm -hmm. do you want a custom commission for a painting Mm -hmm. and this is what I do Mm -hmm. and do you like it and let's go right it's yeah it's it's different when people already they've come sitting to the table knowing what they're going to get essentially So my job is to sort of, in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways, my job is to just give them my most honest effort 
at expressing something rad and that yeah. might have a bit of input from them or might have a lot of input yeah. from them. And uh, the amount of input that people give me is directly dictated by me too because I could just, at any moment, I can just say, I, I got you from here. Or, yeah, or yeah. you know, quite honestly, I, I'll ask people exactly what they want. What do, what do you want? Like, yeah, what colors do you want? What mm. style do you want it in? What do you want it to say? And mm-hmm. then from there, it's a very natural discussion about, hey, okay, yeah. here's where I'm good, and I step yeah. in, and I can, yeah. I can make it work in those ways. But really, that that writing the line, it's it's an interesting one, and I think it's more interesting for my furniture because furniture by nature is is utilitarian. It's mm-hmm. it's a thing that you it typically it does a job. Yeah can build a desk for someone at the end of the day yeah it's a fucking desk yeah i can imbue it with a sense of uh creativity and make it very sculptural and make mm-hmm. it great but you're gonna put a bloody cup on the thing yeah you're gonna set it and work it solves problems it yeah. solves <laughs> a very very black and white problem where do i put my cup exactly <laughs> people can't just have their cups floating next to them yeah right they gotta have the thing do you enjoy having that pragmatism uh- in your life <laughs> i uh I like that I have the mixed day, right, mm. where I can do something that is very pragmatic, but then I can do something that is very uh, waffly and airy-fairy yeah. and, and, and yeah. you know, and, and make it up as I go. Some days I'm really, like, keen on this idea of, of, of building something utilitarian. I, I actually really like that about furniture. It's the, the reason I don't build other things like houses, I guess, or, well, I mean, there's other reasons why I don't build bloody houses, but... Like, <laughs> That, you know, that's typically why I, why I wasn't interested in being a carpenter. And I still, yeah. to this day, I'm not I'm not super keen on doing more traditional carpentry. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm more interested, I guess, in the sculptural and design elements and, mm-hmm. and having something to say yeah. through my work. But the, the crux of the question is, is real interesting to me because mm-hmm. furniture – Furniture can be as many things as you want it to be, but, you know, like a desk is a desk. A TV console, you're going to put a TV on it. A sideboard is going to hold records, Mm. right? It's typically a a vessel Mm. for – it's a vessel and a way for people to make something or a room or a home seem designed. Yeah. But typically that will involve other things too. Mm. The furniture merely becomes the vessel for all the other things that they want to put on it and display. Yeah, yeah. Typically, that's how I would see it because that's how I use furniture. Mm. So I guess that in and of itself informs my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that right in the line between the two, some days is really challenging mm-hmm. and other days it's a very natural, freeing, awesome feeling. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and, and you know, that is not, it's not uh, an accident that I have these different areas that I can dabble in because too much of one thing is suffocating for me. Mm-hmm. Too much, too much uh, following a plan yeah. for, for, you know, following a, a welding or a fitment plan for a mm-hmm. steel fabrication job. Yeah. Too much of that, I'll just go insane. Yeah. Um, too much painting, too much, mm-hmm. you know, not enough. Here's yeah. how you do it, and this is exactly the pieces you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's important too. You yeah, know? So I like a bit of both. So yeah, be cool to talk about to your um, your exhibition because you've got your business, mm. and then recently you had an exhibition. Was this your yeah. first exhibition? My very first. Yeah. My first. My fa- <laughs> I just I thought I would bite off a bit more than I can chew and just have a solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, here we go. So um, for those listening, yeah, Mikey here recently had an exhibition. It was called You Got This, um, an exhibition of love at Cato Warehouse in Richmond in Melbourne, one of those inner city trendy suburbs. Ooh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, and it was also in collaboration with um, Tell Your Friends You Love Them. Can you tell me more about that collaboration and who they are? Tell Your Friends You Love Them is a social initiative that is run by my friend Matt O'Brien. And Matto is very dear to me, and he does great work. And he's one of those people that I'm sure everyone listening who knows Matto will agree. He is just a generous, warm, perfect spirit. And anything that 
anything that he is a part of, typically there are people smiling and feeling great and having a candid discussion about how, how it makes them feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that that no, there's no, there's no pretension and there's no uh, assumption. It's just a very loose approach to mm-hmm. let's talk about real stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want it, that's cool too. But mm, if you want to, I'm here. Yeah, that's awesome. And so the events that they run um, and the things that they push, the agendas that they push are a natural extension of the quality of human that Maddo is. And as soon as I met him, I instantly thought we should do something. Um, and so and- how, how were they involved in the exhibition? So through the process of trying to find a not-for-profit, I was, I was putting myself out there and I was feeling a bit... Um, disenchanted with the the quality of feedback that I was getting mm-hmm. um, because not-for-profits typically are you know, undermanned and totally yeah. overworked. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not likely that, you know, they're going to meet, I guess, these, these, these cold call emails with, yeah, <laughs> yeah rad, I'll just drop everything I'm doing yeah. and I'll yeah. totally support this thing mm. that you, you know, this crazy idea that you want to have. But in my brain, it got to the point where I was starting to feel like I was pestering people a bit and, people around me that I trust were saying, you know, that's, you know, that's not a feeling that you should be feeling about mm. something that you are passionate about and you love. Mm. And, and, and that's totally cool. So I understand where they're coming from, but what I need is I need someone to be hyped. I need someone to know that, you know, from, from day, basically from day dot, Hey, Maddo, do you want to be a part of this? I think it would be rad. Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. And that was it. I and then you we were going. Have, like a quite a similar interest as well. Yeah, and then it just became this very – it was a really easy decision. I was sitting yeah. there one day and I thought, man, I'm not having any luck with finding um, a really great way to tie this into a community mm-hmm. effort. Mm. Why don't I just go with tell your friends you love them because it's something that's already there and existing yeah, and they yeah. need – you know, they need they need finances to be able to put on more mm. events and do great work. Yeah. Um. So I said, let's do that. That's and then awesome. Matter obviously said, yes, let's do that. That's cool. So we yeah. did that. And so it was, sounds like it was a lot of work in the lead up. Um, what about the kind of delivery? Did you have like some really any responses to your work that stood out to you? When I when I started the exhibition, so I bit off more than I could chew. I signed on for mm. the show, and I didn't really know what that meant, apart from going to exhibitions and seeing them and sort of understanding how the cogs worked, right? I signed it and then I just started making the work and I didn't even have that idea of that it would be about mental health. That still didn't Mm. exist. Mm. It was just a collection of my paintings that were like very instant gratification, you know, rad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Very quickly that became a real fundamental part of my what I wanted to say. Yeah. And, and, and it just kept picking up steam and I knew yeah. in my gut that it was something that it was like, okay, double down on this. this mm-hmm. is, you know, for the first time in a long time, you're not just creating for creating sake. There's something, yeah. there's something bigger at play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it quickly turned from an op, like a, I guess, a, a optimistic, I'll make 15 to 20 pieces for mm-hmm. this exhibition. And then once I'd, once I grabbed hold of that idea, mm-hmm. I blinked and I had 40 paintings. Wow. It just kept on growing and I just That's kept amazing. painting and every day I would just mm. I'd get home from, you know, working in my shop or training or whatever and I would just paint. Every night I would just paint and Beautiful. it didn't feel like a chore. It yeah. didn't feel like something that I was practicing. It was just, mm. it was routine and it was fun. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden I had all this work and this great sort of unifying theme. And at no point in the lead up did I feel stressed or overworked or, oh, I'm not going to make the deadline or there was no anxiety about it because once I eclipsed, once I eclipsed my initial target of having 15 pieces so it wouldn't look ridiculous that there was only four things in the gallery. It was like, okay, well, this is not a problem now. I'll just keep making for fun. And then then someone, our Callum mentioned to me, he's like, you should just all hang them like it's it's a pool room. Yeah, yeah. Like just throw, you know, throw convention out the door. It's not highbrow work. This is for everyone. 
just put it all up and, and see how it makes people feel. And it, mm. yeah, that was that was how, a really cool. How moment. do you think it made people feel? I think it made people feel like how I felt. Which yeah. Was, uh, happy and yeah. um, a little bit like a little bit confused about how one person can do all like this this amount of work could happen yeah. so quickly because yeah. it'll happen within three months. Wow, incredible. Um and 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 warm and fuzzy and That's nice. that they feel yeah. like there's someone at least out there in me mm. that is uh, although I look like I have all my shit together Struggle Street sometimes, yeah. you know, that's that's just the nature of being a human. It's not mm. it's not all great. But even the not great bits, oh, you wouldn't trade them. Yeah, I wouldn't trade mine. Mm. Um, and I, I would hope that that's what people thought when they walked in. I had lots of people say great stuff, um, very genuine great stuff. That's and nice. Although it was very validating, the things that they were saying. Mm. I think just the just the the looks on people's faces and the and the the knowing exchanges between lovers when they look at a piece. That they, mm. they thought, you know, it might have might have been a, a little connecting personal moment for them. Yeah. Or, or friends took their kids to see it because oh, they thought, nice. you know, it's just little little things like that. It was yeah. just, you know, for me, that's that was the whole <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Do it again just for those. I guess that's a nice note to finish on. Um, just one more question. Yeah. What can we see from you in the next 12 months? <laughs> Ooh, interesting. I'm just about to I'm just about to move into a bigger space. Lovely. Congratulations. So, thank you. One of the very exciting things that's happening for me at the start of 2020 is my friend Ella and I. Ella runs a fabulous gym space. Um, she coaches strength and conditioning for everyone and she's not She's not uh, coy about everyone, meaning everyone. So mm. her gym spaces, she's just trying to smash the conventions of the regular gym, which are Good. jaded and disgusting and yeah. and so, so, so not inclusive for definitely uh, for all these great different humans that are out there. Mm. Um, and so she is about to upgrade her space. And we thought, we have really similar brains and we're trying to do lots of cool stuff. It's way easier and better and more fun. Let's do it together. Collective. That's amazing. Let's do it as a collective. So, not often you see like it's get, look. the fitness industry colliding <laughs> with like these other. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be mm. Melbourne's. I would think it's gonna be Melbourne's first uh, weightlifting gym and uh, metal shop and and woodworking oh, shop and furniture amazing. design company. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. So nice. that's that's something that's that's going to happen. I think at the start of this year, mm. I think it's going yeah. to happen. And then I don't know. I got I got asked recently if I'm going to have another exhibition, and I just don't know if I, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know because I don't know when the next thing is going to come yeah. around that I'll have something meaningful yep. to say because I wouldn't do another one without something meaningful oh, to say. Definitely. What's the point? Yeah, that's um, just clout for your yeah. name. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm still painting and I'm still mm. doing commissions and mm. and still making furniture, but. We'll see. I've been writing a lot recently and I've been making a bit more music and I feel like I'm angling in on having something to say in that realm mm. again, which is scary. Yeah. But but also exciting. Ex- it's so exciting yes. because I haven't felt like I haven't felt like that in ages regarding mm. music and yeah. I just love playing music. I love it. Mm. I love it so much and being able to play something that is you know, a really true representation of me would be, would be looking forward to the future. Mm-hmm. Hopefully would be just everything. It would be, yeah. it would be everything. So we'll see. I'll just keep chipping away, but I'm not putting pressure on myself. You know, there's still lots of great work being done every day. Um, or I skive off and I read a book. Mm-hmm. Um, or I just do nothing. And, yeah. and ultimately I think that, you know, this, this podcast being about, um, the uh, arts and being accessible. Um, if you are in that position where you are potentially honing in on an idea where you want to 
express how you feel and, and give it up for people, then I would say do it and, and don't put too much thought into what that means and what the usual ways of doing it are. And, and you can get hung up on trying to do something that has been done before because that's mm. the way it's supposed to be done. Mm. But I guess the, the central the central thesis of what this is all about is that if you have something you want to say, say it in whatever way you want. Yeah. And there will be people that will gravitate towards it. I am proof of that because mm-hmm. I'm drawing fucking doodles on old canvases. Yeah. And what a response. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I can't believe it. Yeah. So just do it. If you have something to say, there's so many people out there that would just love it. Awesome. If it's if it's a, yeah. if it's a representation of how you feel, oh, mm. even more so. Double down on it. Just and go hard. We all need hard. to be touching it with our feelings more, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for plugging in and listening to my little podcast today. If you want to hear more of In The Arts, episodes are on all podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Wherever you find your podcast, it will be there. Admittedly, though, this is a bit of an experiment for me. I have no performance or public speaking experience, um, so I'm coming to this very green. So it would mean the world to me if you could let me know if you are listening and enjoying the show. You can do so by subscribing on one of those podcast apps. You can leave a review which would be lovely or you could even just do something like popping a screenshot of the episode in your instagram story you can tag me my instagram is tan super dry like the beer han super dry i'll pop this all in the show notes again thanks for listening